Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Well, we say the MHG podcast. I think it's more the Lurgy cast today. Yeah, I've got a bit of a cold, so it's not too bad. But Stu here got a bit out of COVID. Uh, but as he reliably informed me, he hasn't got the uncontrollable shits. So how are you doing, Stu? <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's definitely a positive. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy that has not happened. Uh, all the rest of the nasty stuff, but not that particular one. So I count that as a win, and I'm celebrating that as we speak. Yes. And as I said to you off air before recording, I wouldn't wish the uncontrollable shit from COVID on Hitler. And then what we've got to say is, look, we're sorry, Kanye. Okay, look, we don't mean to insult Hitler. We know he's a good guy. We know he's cool. Um, and, you know, we apologise. We apologise wholeheartedly for bringing him, his name into disrepute. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not fair of us to pick on a long-dead uh, right-wing fascist mo- monster. Uh, it's so weird. The whole Kanye thing is so bizarre. I mean, you know, clearly... It's got to be a, it's gotta be a social experiment. It's got to be. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, of- anyone, anyone that can make Alex Jones go, that's a bit much... Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, the whole situation is just completely bananas. It's uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, it's because I, I, I saw the clip and I was like, oh god, he's on Alex Jones. This is going to be like, like, it was on TikTok, and I went, this is going to be a car crash. It's both of us just going to go to town, and you just saw KJ going off on one, and then Alex Jones going, whoa, 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 that, what? No, not Hitler. Even I know where to draw the line. <laughs> Yeah. There are no words. I mean, who's had the biggest fall from grace, Kanye or J.K. Rowling? In the last few years? I think it's a good question. I mean, no one takes what Kanye says seriously unless they already believe that stuff, which is all nutty anyway. Whereas, you know, there are people who genuinely believe J.K. Rowling's point of view. Uh, so, yeah, I think in a way it's her. She's yeah, worse. I mean, there's no doubt in who's the most dangerous out of the two. But, you know, Kanye, you, I mean, there was even a stage where he went, well, he's a, he's, a, he's a, you know, he's a bit strange, but, you know, he's a he's, he's a talented guy. You know, he makes some, you know, some people like his music. It's all good. And then... I, I respect the Nazis. Can we stop using the Nazis' name in a bad way? And President Obama's Jewish. He's not. He's not black. He's Jewish. I know. I there are know. no words. No. Uh, right. Do you know what else could be a bit crazy? And sometimes there's no words for, but not on this podcast. <laughs> What's that? Video games, Stu. Hey, there we go. Uh, it is going to be a sh- well. It's going to be a short one with me and Stu because I say Stu's not well. Um, so we're going to do just a quick one for both of us, and then at the end of the podcast, unless Stu tricks you and edits in, edit it, edits it in somewhere before the end, there'll be a couple of bonus games at the end from just me. So we'll leave that up to it. It might be a surprise, bit of a twist. You never know. Who can say? So. I know. What have you been playing, Joe? Well, I've been playing Front Mission First Remake on the Switch, uh, which mm. is exactly as it says. It's the remake of Front Mission First, which was the first Front Mission game, unsur- <laughs> unsurprisingly. And that came out in... Not the second back mission. No, no. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, you know, it's from the SNES era. It was about 94 or 95, I think it came out. It's a very old game. And it's been... Com- completely overhauled and redone in a new graphics engine, a 3D engine, and apart from that, it's tried to keep, I think, most of like the core of the game in there. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much the entirety of the core of the game. Though you can play it in two modes, not different graphics modes. It, it keeps the same look of the new style that they've gone with, um, which is, for me, a bit of a disappointment. I think it would have been nice to have been able to play with the sprites if you'd wanted to, but there you go. There's a, a the modern or classic and the The modern has a few quality of life tweaks that you can uh, apply to it. Um, But it doesn't really comprehensively change the game from what it was back in the day. And the the difference is, so what it is, is it's a mech 
uh, tactical RPG sort of you know strategy type game, and you know, you take a group of mechs into battle, and you know you kind of um, part of like a militia, and you're fighting against various different toughies, and you can upgrade different parts. What makes it a little different from you know regular kind of tactical RPGs is that you where you get hit very much determines what you can do so like if you lose the the if you get both arms of your mech destroyed you can't attack if you get your legs destroyed or well, at least severely damaged you can't move around the battlefield properly that sort of a thing so it kind of it's not just like life or death it's you know you're impaired and if they take out like your best weapon then you're kind of screwed or you have to pivot and try and do something a bit different so you know there's that built into it, which is uh, which is quite good. And uh, the only thing I've played really kind of like that is Ring of Red on the PS2 years ago. Mm. Um, so how does it stack up today? Well, it's got some good stuff in it, and it's got a lot of bad stuff in it, unfortunately. And the 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 main thing is it's brutally hard in a way that doesn't necessarily feel fair. So. Like you miss a lot. Like it's RNG, obviously random number generation. Whether you hit or you don't, you know, like a toss of a dice. Uh, you very, very often miss. Like fifty percent of the time, you'll you'll miss, which that's not very satisfying in a, in a game. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's fine to like do that occasionally. You know, like ten percent of the time, twenty, even like thirty, even you know, yeah, like thirty percent of the time to to miss is okay but to miss a lot of the time half the time is quite frustrating and you miss a lot more than the enemy misses um so that's frustrating secondly you can't target individual parts of the robots the enemy robots which seems like craziness to me it's like the first thing i would have done in a remake would be well you know, you're, there's these things like some of them are really fast and they want to punch you. Some of them are really slow. They're long range and they've got big cannons or missiles. And you, so okay, well, if I'm fighting the fast one, I want to take out its legs. If I'm fighting the slow one, I want to take out its cannon. But of course, you can't do that. No, at least not that I've found. I think you can, depending on what weapons you have. I think some of them target different body parts, but that's opaque it doesn't explain that in the game and it doesn't say what they attack so i think you might if you got a pen and paper and made copious notes you might be able to work it out after about you know six iterations of parts that you've bought but off the bat no you can't so it's got a lot of quality of life stuff that's like in the core of the game it's a bit of a problem plus also you you can't it doesn't have stuff that they, they put in a lot of old games that you would like like fast forwarding through battles i mean you can do things that speed things up but it doesn't have like a fast forward button that you can toggle on and off so yeah you want to see like the animations of an attack and stuff the first time but in in a battle like when you've got tons of the same things happening you want to fast forward through some stuff you can't do that you can't save anywhere yeah. um you know you can save some places but you can't just save anywhere um so it's a very old-fashioned type of a game with a lot of stuff that's happened in the genre since then that has improved it. It's got a really good story. I, I kind of like, in a way, what they've done with the graphics. They're quite nice. I think it is very disappointing that you can't use the original sprites because they were very nice and <laughs> very good. Um, and, yeah, I, unfortunately, it does seem like a little bit of a missed opportunity for me, which is a shame. Yeah, so uh, although it's got a classic and modern mode to it, so the classic mode is that literally just the ROM of the original game, or is that still a a uh, a port, so to speak, or, or a reboot in any way? The modern version has fixes, I think, for some of the quirks, if you want to call them that of the original game so there were i think some difficulty spikes some balancing issues things like that i think it's tidied up a few of those and it's added a new campaign as well a new mission in in the campaign rather yeah. um that's how i understand it yeah uh whereas the classic one is literally just 
the the entire structure of the previous game. But as I say, it's not. It doesn't use the graphics. The the old the old the old style graphics in, in the old. If you choose the classic oh. campaign, no. I mean, I would have. You know. Yeah, me too. There's a reason people wanted that was because they liked the original. Um, yeah. And the fact that the classic mode, so to speak, which has like the mechanics, doesn't have, you said, like a fast forward mode. Even if you don't put it in the modern one for whatever reason, you, you put it in the classic mode. But all that stuff you can do via an emulator. Yeah. You get save states, everything, fast forward, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is put in there. So, you know, for me, there's no reason why a game, if you're developing a game, like a reboot to front mission why you could actually skip a classic mode in a remade skin you could just put the original game in there it's a lot less effort and people will probably appreciate that more so you have your modern retelling or your modern you know take on it quality of life and then you have the original rom in there that that for me is better than giving you the classic mode in a new skin yeah personally yeah yeah well, I mean, yeah, it all come, I think, you know, with these things, it often comes down to money, doesn't it? I mean, I bet you the, the team working on it would love to have gone, you can play it, um, you can play the original in its untouched form, you can play the new game, but with the old sprites, you can play the new game with the new sprites, you can mix and match any that you want, you can flip it on the fly in real time, you know, <laughs> all of this stuff, I'm sure if they had... Like like you could, was it Halo on the Master Chief Collection? Yeah. Do that, couldn't you, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure if they had world enough and time, they would have loved to have done that, and uh, probably just didn't have the time and the money, unfortunately. Um, they could they could have saved themselves time and money by using Nintendo's trick of actually using illegal ROMs on their own services. Yeah, <laughs> completely bananas again. Yeah, but, and they uh, shut it down the other services. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's all Nintendo had to do was put that on there, go for another spree of going. Oh, we're going to shut down ROM sites. You know, bit of free advertising, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a shame, but um, I think there's a lot to like in here. Right? I'd say you can get around the... Well, you should be able to get around. I haven't tried it yet. The insane difficulty by putting the difficulty as low as you possibly can, because I doubt it will still be... A, a, that it would be make it e- easy. Um, I'm playing it on normal, and it's just... I've, I've tried, like... Certain missions I've tried like three times and just got battered. And you're also you're trying to work out like what to do. Like there's a mission where um, there's this uh, you're trying to rescue this journalist who's in a mech for some reason and can't really fight. And um, you also have to uh, you have to try and get this uh, from a crashed plane. You have to get some technology that's been dropped. And um, it doesn't you don't know from the first time round what your focus should be and what you have to do so you have to kind of experiment and I was like okay well I'll deploy these these here and these here and I'll protect this guy and do that and um, yeah I just it was the wrong thing so I tried it again and did it a different way which was better and it's like it doesn't explain that which is absolutely fine you know that's no problem it's like work it out yourself but with it being so difficult you can just like go through for an hour and, and go, ah, oh, yeah, no, that was the wrong plan. <laughs> you get wiped out. Um, so, yeah, I think if you if you do it on the easiest mode possible, you'll probably have a lot more uh, fun with it without it even being, you know, particularly easy. Interesting, interesting. Um, tactics games are on the way back, aren't they? It's, I don't know if it's just because I'm having to play them more. Uh, because they're easier for me to play due to site issues. But there seems to be a resurgence on tactics games. Like Metal Slug's getting a tactics game, isn't it? And we've got the Marvel Midnight Suns, uh, which will be out at the time of listening to this, etc., etc. There just seems to be a lot of tactics-based stuff coming about. There does, and I don't really know why. I mean, I know they're doing a Tactics Ogre remake that's coming out on everything as well. And Yes, yeah. it's out on PC, I know that much. All ah, right, yeah, I cool. Think. So yeah, no, it has had a it has had a resurgence. Maybe it's because of the popularity of um, you know deck building games and stuff, which is yeah uses a, a, a similar sort of mechanic in a different way, um, mm. uh, you know. And it's all in the way that you pre- present it, isn't it? In in these things, um, 
So, yeah, maybe that's really helped bring them back. But I, I really like them, generally, generally speaking, so I'm glad, yeah. Yeah. So, so without getting the wrath of Nintendo, how does it play on a Steam Deck, Stu? <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, no, I haven't even tried it. Um, I suppose I could have, but... Yeah, no, I mean, on the Switch, it runs really well. 60 frames per second. I mean, the graphics aren't, you know, particularly pushing the system at all. Um, pleasant enough as they are, but, you know, they're, they're not... I mean, the last mech game I played on the Switch was... Um, uh, what's it called? Um, Advance Wars? No. no Advance Wars. The, uh, not Ex Machina. Duh. Oh, Demon Ex Machina. Demon Ex Machina, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I think I've, 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 what I'll do is I think what I'm going to do is it's not one I've, because I've got so many games lined up and still like I'm 60 hours into Persona 5 and I've still got about halfway still to go so I've still got another 40 to 60 hours of that to get through but what I think I might do with Front Mission is wait for a sale pick it up on Switch and then just load it up on the Steam Deck and see how it goes I think even better might be to have a look through <laughs> yeah, just to, just get it downloaded it illegally. Um, would be to have a look through the front, all the front missions, and not not that many of them comparatively got Western releases, but a few, quite a few did. I would look through which ones got a Western release and which ones got the best reviews for those Western releases, and grab hold of them because they you know they spread right over SNES, PS One, PS Two. Yeah. You know, uh, just get the best one you can. And, uh, Oh yeah, I think what I'll do is I might I might just boot one up on the uh, on the Ambedic or something like that, um, and see how that goes. And if I like it, then do it. Yeah, I'm not just gonna, you know, it's not as if I've got ADHD, Stuart. I'm just gonna rush out and go. Oh, I must have that game and get it. Of course not. That would be crazy. Don't do stuff like that. Yeah, no. I think well done. You, you brought me back down to earth. I think what I'll do is I'll boot it up on the Ambedic or even on the deck, on the SNES version. See how it goes, and if I get on with it, and then. If I like it, I'll add it to the wish list for a sale. Um, Sounds so. Yeah. Talking about improvements and lots of uh, tactics games, I've been playing another game, and it's not a tactics game. Um, <laughs> did you did you ever play Golf Story? No, no, but I remember your review no. of it. I know that you liked it. Yeah, it's it. a really good game. Really good game. I like these sporty RPG type things. Um, and the very, very underrated, if you ever get a chance to play it, it was on the Vita, Everybody's Tennis, which was an RPG tennis-based game. It was absolutely fantastic. It was one, yeah, that's um, one of my my favourite um Yeah, everyone ignored games. it, but it was brilliant. It's fantastic, I loved that game. Yeah. Um, was that not a PSP game? Yeah. What did I say? Vita. Uh, well, you can play it on the Vita. You can, technically correct. The best kind yeah. of correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, I'm just, the Vita is still the best system because it's got an entire PSP library on it. If you've got it modded, and the entire Vita library and PS One, but I wouldn't play PS One games on the Vita personally because those bloody ah. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, the Vita is perfect because you've got two brilliant libraries on there. But anyway, yeah, everybody said it's really good. Um, Golf Story, really good. But I've been playing Soccer Story because you know World Cups coming up is more well, the World Cups here. Um, and everyone's doing football. So what a time! What a better, what better time is it to release Jesus Christ ADHD to release a football-based <laughs> RPG game? Yeah. Jesus, Christ. going well this podcast, isn't it? Don't 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 edit any of this because this is just how I talk. You know this is how I talk. No one's no one's no one's shot by me. Um, anyway, I'm obviously now stalling to get my brain rebooted. Um, yeah, soccer story. Great time to release it. World Cup, football fever, blah, 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 human rights, etc., etc. Um, anyway, so soccer story is kind of like this this big event happens um, and football is banned across the world um, in which there's lots of stereotypical viewed housewives everywhere celebrating. Um, but yeah, so football's banned across the world. Um, apart from a certain form of football that is accepted by a higher power. Blah, 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 blah. Story basically to go, oh, you get a chance to bring football back to the world. Um, it could, even though it's bad, you've got a magical ball and off you go on your journey uh, uh, to go and bring football back or soccer. It's soccer. It's referred to as soccer. It's called like Soccer Story. Um the big bad company's called Soccer Inc. 
Um, oh, one thing I do like about this game, actually, you can actually have a mode where it's US or English mode. So it refers to things as soccer in US mode and football in English mode. Oh, nice. Well done, developers, on that one. Um, but yeah, he's got this RPG feeling. and you're going around, you're meeting people getting quests and going, oh, I want to start a team. You know, and people going, oh, you can't start a team. You know, that's illegal. You're like, oh, come on, let's start a team. Let's We could do it in secret. And then you do all these different things. And they go, oh, I'm only going to join you if you can put, you know, put all these, um, if you can put all these uh, trash cans back upright by kicking a ball into them. Or if you can score in these, like, secret goals that we've made and, and so on. So you go through doing all these different, like, little quirky missions. And, you know, some are skill-based, such as, like, you've got to hit targets or you've got to hit a timer right. Others are a bit more, like, puzzly in nature, such as, like I said, finding where these hit secret goals are. And concept-wise, conceptually, it's really, really good. That is a really good, really good premise. Yeah, and structurally, it's really good. However, whereas everybody's tennis and golf story, and I imagine the upcoming sports story... Uh, the Mario sports RPG-based games, like the Mario Golf Tour and stuff like that, all have a lot of charm about them. You know, you get invested in the silliness of it. You don't hear. And I don't know why. I did not take to the characters at all. Um, I The missions felt there in terms of their structure. You know, the first thing, you're like, ah... Oh, you got to go and get, like, create a team. And, like, the, the first one you do, the reason I do this is where you got to find these hidden goals. Like, the hidden goals are painted purple. Um, they might be an actual goal. They might be painted on a wall or sort of between posts and stuff like that. Do you know how, sort of, like, when you were younger, you go and play football, you just go, oh, look, we'll play it between the no-ball side and, you know, this yeah. wall. Yeah, uh, the no, yeah. Yeah, everyone's played football in a, between a no-ball game side and a lamppost. Everyone's yeah. in, the, yeah. in in Britain. Um, so you'd be like that sort of thing, finding the hidden goal. The problem is, like, it starts off and he goes, like, here's a goal. You're like, right, okay, I can see how that's painted on. You go find the next one. And some of the parts, sort of, like, you find something, like, fine. You know, a little bit difficult. But then there's one where, I, and in the end, I just had to go kicking the ball at every bit of scenery in the hope I'd find it because it was, like, at an angle that you couldn't see it and well hidden so you couldn't see it. Now, I did think, oh, maybe that's just me, not, you know, my vision and stuff like that. Um, so I got like, I got Lucas to have a look at it, and he went, oh, I can't see that, Dad. I can't see that at all. And I was like, well, that's just yeah. being very obtuse. You know, you're trying to make that difficult just for the sake of it, that, that feels to me. And you've got, like, certain things, like, oh, he wants you to hit these targets. And some of them are fired, they're all straight on and stuff like that. You can see them and you go, oh, I've got to get, I've got to upgrade my ball kicking power so you can kick the ball higher and stuff like that. Get that. But then again, some of them are sideways on at an angle. And the game doesn't convey depth well enough. Now, this could be my vision or something, but it doesn't convey depth. So if you've got two that are on the side and you've got to try and work out where you stand, it's very difficult to work out where to stand. And there's lots of little niggles like that that babies just go, oh, do I really want to go and do this next one? And I wasn't driven to go forward. And whereas the story's okay, I said the characters lack charm. They just lack so much charm. Um, and I don't know why. You know, it's not because they're pixelated. Because said other games have done it and they've done it really, really well. The writing just felt bland on it. Um, and I say the gameplay was average. When you get to actually play football... In it, again, I'm not expecting, you know, you know, top of the line back when it was good pro Evo. But the football doesn't feel good either. And that, that you know, you, we we spoke about recently the Pixel Cup Soccer, is it called? That's the one, yeah. Uh, which doesn't play a realistic game of football anywhere near, but it's still fun to play you know you feel like right i can improve on this this doesn't have that feel to it um and yeah i don't know i you know i've not i'm, I'm hands up i've not completed it i've not got anywhere near the end i don't think but the reason for that is i'm not compelled to i'm just not compelled to do it because the game 
feels like it's fighting me and the game doesn't want me to continue with the story. So, yeah. You know, Ghost Story, when I played that, there's difficulty spikes where you're like, oh, can I? But it's quirky enough that I wanted to. It's just, no, it just lacks it completely. That's a real shame. It sounds, you know, such a waste of a good premise, really. Do you think there's anything they could do to improve it or is it a lost cause, do you think? Um, apart from remaking it um, with better writing, more likeable characters and better gameplay in the right areas, no. It's not nothing they can fix with patches, Wow, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. No, that does sound like a complete swing and a miss, that one. Um, now, in saying that, some people might like it. It's, it's, I was like, it's not a terrible, terrible game. But I, if you've never played Golf Story, if you've never played Everybody's Tennis or or one of the Mario sports RPG-style games, if you've not played any of those, do you know what? Yeah, I think you might get some enjoyment from this. If, however, you've experienced better, this does lack in every single way. And that is a shame because I wanted to like this. I really, really did. And I yeah. just don't. Yeah. Everybody's Tennis needs a sequel. Such a good game. Well, just, just re-release it. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be me. Uh, I'm going to play it Double again. check. Is it Abandonware? I think we could say that's Abandonware now, can't we? So, off you go. Fill your know. boots, everyone. Yeah, don't know. But, I'm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm compelled to go back to it once I've finished Persona 5. Um, now, awesome. Persona 5 as a football game. I'll do that. Let's do that. <laughs> a Persona football game. We've had Persona fighting games, Persona dancing games. Make everything Persona. Persona Call of Duty. A Persona F yeah, Persona FPS. Uh what else? A Persona we've got the fighting game. Uh a Persona 4. You've not, Persona not 4X. mentioned a tactics game yet, surely a tactics game. Yes. Um see I keep I put sort of what the Base Persona is almost tactics to me because it's an RPG, so I kind of put them both in the same same bracket. But yeah, no, a tactics game. Persona Match 3. Oh my God, yeah, I'd, I'd do that in a shot. A Persona-based, like... Um, what's the... Uh, uh, what was the Match 3 game with, like, the orcs and everything? Puzzle Quest. Persona Puzzle Quest. There you go. You can have that one, Atlas. Why? They're working on it right now. They should be. It's a better Pokemon game than Pokemon as well. Nice. It is. But anyway, yeah. That, that's it, really, uh, from me. Is there anything you want to add before I let you, your, 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 your brain, your ears, your head recover from COVID and me? <laughs> yeah, I'll need another week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, be back in, we'll be back after Christmas. It's fine. Oh, you're breaking up. Sorry, can't hear you. I said we'll be. I said we'll be back after Christmas when Stu's recovered from talking to me. <laughs> yeah, back in 2024, raring to go. Yes, yes, 2024. Because I mean, we, fuck knows what's going to happen in. So, as a closing thought, before I let you go, and I, we'll do your outro and everything, and then you can edit how you see fit. Uh, but it's uh, Germany World Cup. Right, is an interesting one. So Germany have failed to get out of the group stage at a World Cup only twice before. Uh, one was in 1938, which was the following year World War Two happened. And the other was in 2018, which was then followed by the advent of COVID the year after. Yeah. They failed to get out of the group stage in 2022. So I don't know what comes next. Yeah. So 2023, you know, buckle in, people. Germany failed to get out the group stage. Very odd. Were they in a tough group? I've, I've not been no. watching it because I've boycotted it because of Qatar. They had so they had Spain, Japan, and Costa Rica. Um, now I've not been watching it, but I've been I've been kind of following it via text updates and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, so I've not really been watching it, and basically what whatever I get to see on TikTok. Um, that's how I consume everything these days. Uh, yeah. And uh, there was at one point last night that 
both Costa Rica and Japan were going through instead of Spain and Germany. Bloody hell. Uh, but it ended up being Spain and Japan going through um, over Germany and Costa Rica. So there you go. World's ended. It certainly is. That's really like quite good, though. I mean, not at the expense of Germany, because I like Germany, but it's good when there's there's difference and it's Can't, not just established You're right, can you? What? Oh, wait, you're right, Kanye. <laughs> Come on now. Don't associate I'm with not. You. No, right. Just just for clarification, just in case people don't realise I'm joking, I know the Germans aren't the Nazis. They're completely different. I understand that. But that's a common joke for right back, what, 70s, 80s, where all Germans are, you know, to blame for the war. We know that's not the case. Jesus Christ, help me back, pedal Stu. I think I'll probably just go <laughs> do the outro now. Yeah, I'll shut up now. That's a good, that's a good, well, I'll shut up now, but I'm going to be talking on my own in a bit. Whatever. Edit that. Have fun. I, I'm the worst person to edit. So, as promised, here's some bonus content from me now that Stu's gone back to bed to get some rest. Um, so, a couple of games I've been playing that I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, one is an early access game, and the other I want to talk about because of accessibility, which is going to lead to a bit of an announcement at the end. Um, so, first game I want to talk about is a base building simulator. Simulator? Yeah, base building sim, colony sim, whatever it is, uh, called Stardius. Now, this has been out in early access since October-ish sort of time. And basically, it's, as it says on the tin, it's a base building colony sim. You know, you, you start off, you're on this, like, abandoned, broken mess of a spaceship. And all that's kind of left is drones that are active. And there's some, like, humans that are in stasis. Uh, you are the artificial intelligence um, that has to basically fix up the ship um, so that obviously humanity can survive. And what you've got is this great uh, little system that, that builds up very basic, you know, create power, bring that power to something, recover, build, repair, etc, etc, etc. And as you go, things get more complicated, the game gets deeper, you unlock more, you can do more, etc. You get more money in, more resources, you can use that to do yet more and more and more and so on and so forth. And it's just a really interesting game. It's in, it's in early access, so it's still being built upon. So I've only touched it a little bit. But it works really, really well. It has good menus to it. So, you know, it's fairly simple to understand. It uses icons. There a good tutorial with it to get going. But what it also has and what I like, and it's kind of relevant to the second game I'll be talking about, is it's got a really, really good UI to it in terms of accessibility. It's a dark UI for the most part, so you could, you know, it's easier to read the text for someone like myself, which is really, really good. And it scales well. So it's got a scalable UI to it that is, on the most part, it's adaptive, so it will do it itself, but you can turn off the adaptiveness and scale it as you wish, which is brilliant. So I, I played it on the Steam Deck and it makes nice chunky menu items, which is brilliant. Um, but you can play it on the normal monitor and scale that back um, so that it, you know, it's much better on a monitor. So really, really good. Developers definitely understand UI. And I would go as far as to say they are very, very close to setting a standard now on this is what every UI should have as part of it. This scalable UI with easy to understand text that understands that dark text on light backgrounds is difficult for a portion of people. And it's much easier when it comes to being used to read light on dark because it's not glaring and yeah it's, it's really really good to see now again i would like to see 
more customization when it comes to menus because I do realize that it's selfish of me to go, it must be light or dark because that's what I want. Some people might need dark or light due to colorblindness or, or whatever. They might need it the other way around. So again, customizable colors. Uh, even if you could just at the base level say, here's a CSS mode for, for light or dark, here's a CSS mode for dark on light. I give those options. But on the whole, Everything here is easy to understand. That's like, there's no big text. You zoom in and out of the the game itself, which is really, really good. And it lets you get really close. So one issue I've had with a lot of Sims is that they don't let you get close enough. They let you go in, but you get to a certain point. You go, I could do with go, zoom in another couple of levels. This lets you go right out, right in, lots of control. Um really really good takes a little while to get used to with the controls um the i'll get this the wrong way around but it's the right stick controls the camera and the left stick controls the pointer but if you get the pointer to the edge of the screen that will move the screen as well and you just got to get used to it um it, ta it takes it takes a, a, a moment to get used to it but i said it's early access there's still plenty they could do but it's got all the good trappings of a colony sim. It's difficult where it needs to be. It's accessible at the start. And then gradually, you know, introduces more and more mechanics. So, you, you know, you might have issues if you don't dedicate time to it. And you go back into it, like, months later without touching it or playing loads of other things. But I said, on the whole, really, really good game. It's in early access. And I can't wait to see how this one develops. Now, the flip side of that, another game that I've been trying to play, we'll say, is Ship of Fools, which comes from uh, Team 17 as the publishers uh, and is made by Fika Productions. And it's a rogue, yeah, it's a rogue like apocalypse style game so you kind of you you have to board this ship and you d go through like this seafaring thing and you take on various monsters and you eventually die uh but it's like it's like a traveling tower defense to it um is one way of putting it but it's, it's like a, meant to be co-op but it can be played single player um, you kind of drop cannons and other types of weapons onto your ship in certain places. And you use those to fight off different sea monsters as you progress. And there's a, there's a build-up of a story. You can, you know, you click through the map and you go, up. Oh, there's the next bit. FTL, Slay the Spire-style map progression to it. And so you kind of, like, you progress. Uh, you upgrade your weapons, get more weapons, upgrade your defences, etc., etc. But you'll die, you'll go back, you learn, you get some upgrades, you die, you learn, you go back. You know, typical roguelike stuff. And it's, it's really good as a game. The concept's really good. The actual gameplay loop's really good. And everything about it is really good. Except, for me, it's unplayable. <laughs> okay, that's maybe being a bit harsh. Once I understand the mechanics, I can play it. But I'm having, I had to really struggle to to to, to understand everything. So I had to take screenshots and zoom in um, on a photo editor to read the text properly and stuff like that because uh, often we'll complain about tiny texting games and. The odd exaggeration. Um, you know, it's, 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 for someone with eye vision problems like myself, it can be a pain, tiny text. But here, it's ridiculous. The tiny text in, in this game is ridiculous. And the, the user experience, the user interface on this is, is absolutely ludicrously bad. So, to start off with, you've got conversations happening. And it does the typical, like, RPG thing where you'll get a text box at the bottom with the avatar of a character to where on one side or the other side, depending on who's talking. Um, and that text in that box is tiny. And that box on the screen is tiny. It takes up so little real estate that you can't read it. Now, the problem I've got here with something like this is the game stops 
to tell you what's going on, to have this 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 text come up on screen. So it's not as if that it's in the way of you playing the game. It comes up. So make it bigger. Make that stuff bigger because it stops anyway. Um, and there's no need for it. Um, again, UI, when it comes to it, give me a dark mode option. Um, that would help some. Uh, but make it bigger. All the flavour text in menus is tiny. The menus themselves are tiny. Um, so your ship, when you first start, it's kind of got like this creamy off-white deck to it. Um, this like wooden type thing. And you'll get button prompts come up uh, when you've got to do certain things. So you might pick up a new weapon, a cannon, and you want to drop it down. And then it's got, like, you can now press A or whatever to pick it up and Y. So Y to pick it up, A to activate it, all different things. But the problem is, those prompts are tiny with no background. Um, so you kind of look at it and you're like, I can't see what that says, what one's what. Um, so first time I played, I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. I've got none of the story flavour. I don't know whether it's just like basic background story or whether it's important information on what I've actually got to do in the game, etc, etc. Um, and it's just, it's terrible. And there's no options to change it. It's, it lacks so many basic options in the menus, which is a shame. Um, now, I've played another game. That I can't talk about yet, which does this a lot, lot better. Um, and I'll talk about that in, in, in the coming weeks when the embargo's over. Um, but this is a game that I want to enjoy. The basic gameplay loop is absolutely brilliant. Um, I like a good tower defence game, especially one that keeps it fairly simple. That doesn't get overly complex in terms of area and stuff like that. So containing it all to this ship is brilliant. The design of the game, like the characters are brilliant as well. I, you know, I love the look of the main character. Um, but I, you know, I, I'd have a little plush of it if possible. Um, and I love a roguelike. I love a roguelike game. I, I really, really do. And it, it ticks all those boxes. But it's all wrapped in a UI that is just terrible. Absolutely terrible. And makes the game unplayable for me. I, you know, you come to a point where you could get upgrades and you visit a shop. I'm guessing what those are because I can't read that properly. Now, I'm playing this on a Steam Deck and it's technically unsupported. Um, and the only reason I think it's unsupported is due to the text size. Um, if someone's looked at that and gone, well, that's not even playable. Uh, which is a shame. Because apart from that, it runs really well on the Steam Deck. You know, I run the game really well. You know, I didn't notice any lag or, or missing textures or or anything like that. Um, so it plays really well. And it's a perfect deck game. You know, these sort of games where you can just sit back on the couch. Or even, you know, you want a trade journey at a cafe. You can just do a run. You know, they're brilliant for that absolutely outstanding but this is unplayable on a deck and even on a bigger screen on, on you know sitting close to my monitor it's not great because there's no ui scaling so even then it's not easy to see um it's a bit better i'll give it that but it's not good and that what turns out to be i think would be one of my favorite games i could have played into one that i really really can't be bothered with. I don't, you know, I want to play it, but, uh, you know, why should I? I? I shouldn't be having to fight to play a game. Um, I shouldn't be having to battle my way through. Now, I have done as best I could because I got a code for this to, to talk about it. Um, but if I paid money for this, I bought this, I'd be getting a refund. Um, again, which is why I think Steam's refund policy is one of the best out there. Because I would have just gone, oh, I can't play this game. I've done it before with other games that I've bought and it's got really bad uh, accessibility options. I've gone, oh, I can't do this, but, you know, give me my money back. Um, and this would be one of those games where I think it's absolutely, you know, brilliant, but not playable. And this is where... The likes of Team 17, who published this game, Devolver Digital, Raw Fury, all these indie publishers that we've got now, they've got to step up. They've got to start doing some 
you know, quality assurance uh, tested on games like this. They've got to start hiring consultants for accessibility and things and offering tools to these independent developers. Um, I don't know the size of Fika Productions. Um, I don't know whether it's a couple of people that are making it, whether it's a small team. Like, hey, it might even be a large team. But for whatever reason, they've not put any real options in the game. Definitely no accessibility options. And this is where your Team 17s that have to step in. They need to be able to help these developers do that. Um, now, do it at a cost if they want to make money from it. Fine. Or, you know, we'll provide you this for an extra point whatever percent of profits, however they structure their deals with the developers. I don't know. But we need this here because this game is brilliant but alienates, I would say, a good chunk of its audience. Um, so people with visual disability, yep, I think they're out. Older people, so people that are now 50, 60, you know, who grew up in the 80s, and 90s with video games and still play games, they're possibly out because of the small text and, you know, your eyes do deteriorate as you get older. So you are starting to lose a portion. Now, are a lot of 12, 13, 14 teenagers, you know, early 20s, are they playing this sort of game? I don't know what the demographics are, but, you know, it's not Fortnite or Call of Duty. It's, you know, I, I think it's aimed more towards certain types of, of gamers. And... I feel that alienated a large portion of their audience, which is a crying shame because everything about it, apart from this, makes it a really good game. Um, so I think it is now time. We've called out AAA publishers before and we'll continue to do so that they have no excuses. And as I said, Microsoft and Sony are doing a really good job themselves of doing it. Nintendo lagging behind, obviously, because it's Nintendo. Um but, you know, your EAs, uh, Activision, Ubisoft's, you know, um, got to do more with it. Some of them are, you know, Ubisoft have got, you know, for all that's wrong with them. They do actually have some decent accessibility settings in games. From what I understand, I don't play them because it's Ubisoft. Um, so now it's time for these independent uh, publishers to step up and start offering these services. Or... Whether that's actually giving them tools to do it or whether that's going, look, we've got disabled people to test your game and they've said these are the issues. You need to get these fixed. Uh, whether it's at launch or whether it's down the line because it's got to be patched. But again, as a developer, this goes out to all developers. If you're not sure, speak to people who are sure. The people who will be playing these games, talk to them. Ask them what they need to be able to play your game. Um, and you will get, you know, the PR alone will get you extra sales. Um, and once you've developed it for one game, you take that knowledge into another game. You haven't got to hire a consultant to say to you, oh, this is what's needed for, for disabled access. You haven't got to do that because you've learned. So you don't need to keep hiring them. Or you might need to, you know... You know, when you test this, can you test these these settings where you do quality testing or quality assurance, whatever it's called? Do that. But it's a brilliant game, but with, unfortunately, un unacceptable accessibility settings in 2022. Um, and it's a shame. It's a real shame. So, yeah, that, that's Shipper Falls. And this leads on to something that I, I've been planning to do for a while. I'm hoping I can do. Um, now I still have vision issues so video editing possibly won't happen but if it does I might just do like look I'll just repeat a trailer um, for images over whatever game I'm talking about because I do want to start doing more of these or it might just be audio only stuff that I do but I'm going to be talking more about games and their accessibility because there's some games that do it really well there's some games that don't do it at all and they need to be talked about. Uh, what do they do well? What have they missed? Or just what haven't they done at all? So starting in the new year, so I can prepare. There might be one or two test test ones early. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we'll announce those on the podcast and they're out or on the site. You know, just keep an eye. Uh, there will be a couple that I'll try and test with. But we're going to talk about individual games, accessibility, and what, 
is done well and what needs to be added on a per-game basis based on my experiences. I can't talk for people who have, you know, uh, limb issues, you know, that kind of thing, or people who have different mental health issues uh, compared to myself. Uh, deaf people, I can't I can't talk for, for those people. Um, I will encourage other people with disabilities to maybe join me and talk about certain games and their experiences. But the idea is I want to start talking about this a lot more on a per-game basis uh, because we, we often on the podcast we'll, we'll talk about what needs to be done on the whole. Oh, this game misses this on the whole. I think now's the time where we actually got to call out the games. It doesn't matter if it's a single-person developer or a massive AAA title. It needs calling out. Um, and that that's yeah, that's that's what I'm planning to do is to start a new series, whether it's to say audio based, maybe sometimes written, um, depending on what my eyes allow me to do. Hopefully, with video content to back it up as well, um, and, and all those kinds of things. So that's hopefully coming. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Stardius, which does really well with some of the accessibility stuff and Shipper Falls. <laughs> which doesn't at all. Um, so, yeah, that's it from me. Um, this is either bonus at the end of the podcast, in which case, thank you for listening on, or Stu's major will have to listen to this, and it's going to pass on to his outro now. So, take care. Bye-bye. So, there we are, at the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed that, despite us both being all crocked and rough as badges what's it. Until next time, follow us on all the socials, join our Discord, Support us on Patreon or Coffee if you can possibly afford it. And in the meantime, until next time, stay safe and stay sane.